0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: If I bleed tonight, if I am tonight, I don't Everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon a day early, if you're a pleasure or otherwise, wherever you get your podcast. Apologies for the day late schedules. We're a bit all over the place. We had to record Unforgiven yesterday um, with Sondra, but we are here. Um, my name is Kenny. I'm joined by Finley Martin. Finn, it is Friday. And you know, people who are listening to this on Patreon might have that Friday feeling, but for us, every day is Friday because we are self employed.
2: Well, exactly. You know, we're living the dream. We are. You know, talking about wrestling, writing about wrestling, speaking to people in the wrestling business. You know, it's the it's dream job, isn't it, Kenny? We're living the dream. I mean, how many people can say that? Really, honestly.
1: Yeah, no, it's very true. It's very true. And uh, yeah, we're 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 very very lucky. Uh, we we're talking off air before we came on here about how because uh, we're recording this fairly early on the Friday, because I've got a uh, personal trainer to go to, you've got a train to catch, and um, we were talking about how we're both not very good morning people. Um, exactly, exactly. We were just uh, both, b- before
2: we uh, started uh, commentating on pro wrestling, we were both paper, we both had paper rounds back in the day. <laughs> I mean, I think, they do they still exist? I think they do, don't they? They do. Yeah, and we were both just remarking how... How useless we both were, because <laughs> we're not morning people, basically. So, quite why we decided to—mind you, they were really the only jobs that were available. It was the only job I could get, anyway, in Kendall, my hometown, at the time. So, uh... yeah, the
1: only the only other one I, I managed to get was I worked in an ice cream van for about six months, and this was been about 2000, 1999. Yeah. And I remember that I got paid. You would start at quarter to six and by the 10 and you would get dropped off at home at quarter to 12 6 hours 8 pounds
2: wow okay no so, that's not great is it even so that would have been in the what mid mid, mid to late, late 90s maybe
1: about 1999 2000 I would say because then then straight after that i managed to get a job at 15 um, at the, the Dean Park Hotel in Renfrew, which is no longer there. And I was getting paid £3.50 an hour. Oh, and I wow. thought I was on cloud nine. Oh,
2: that's a, that's some money, that.
1: I mean... If I can afford I was... to go buy my own issue of Power Slam, I didn't need to go get my mum's money to go and <laughs> get it. How <laughs> so, uh, yeah. i
2: 40 hours earning that much now?
1: <laughs> well, you know, we'll build up to it. Um, but yes, um, we we we'll not talk about our, our former former careers. We we'll talk about our current one here, Power Slam podcast. And um, we're going to get into dynamite, the big dynamite from Wednesday Grand Slam. Uh, but before we do, Triple H announced earlier this week via The Ringer, which is an actual publication, not just you know The Ringer, um, that War Games will be coming back, uh, be making its main roster debut, a uh, Survivor Series. So. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, it's, it's it's a Triple H s- uh, staple that he's had in NXT before. Um, sure. He's bringing Survivor Series. He says that uh, Raw versus SmackDown is going to go. It's going to be more storyline driven. Um, what do you make? What are the pros? What are the cons of making Survivor Series, you know, a men's war games match and a women's war games match?
2: Well, I mean, I think it's the right decision because they need to try this on the main roster. As you say, it's never taken place on either Raw or SmackDown. This has been an NXT exclusive in the in the wonderful world of WWE. Obviously, it was a Jim Crockett promotions invention. Dusty, when he was booker of Jim Crockett promotions, he invented it. You know, War Games, the match beyond. Yet another match, Kenny, inspired by Mad Max. The Mad Max films released as the Road Warrior in the USA. I mean, how much does pro wrestling owe to that that film series? I mean, it's just (laughs) outrageous, isn't it? Um, So, I mean, the problem, of course, as we know, Kenny, is that in NXT and also in AEW with their version of it, they've been so self-indulgent, these matches. They've lasted too long. There's just been too much activity. I mean, there's been like twice as much Activity and vi- simulated violence and blood and weapons and props, twice as much as has been required on many occasions. Mm-hmm. And the matches have just dragged, they've just never ended. So I'm hoping that when it makes its main roster debut, um that they correct that and that these matches are trimmed down to like 25 minutes, preferably 22, 20 minutes. I would prefer. I mean, all the best war games were like under 20 minutes. They don't need to be forty minutes. I mean, we've talked about this endlessly, haven't we, Kenny? About how these matches have just been too damn long. Yeah. And they've just peaked, and then they've just kept going. Well,
1: because I remember um, I was reading somebody was talking about obviously the 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 most famous War Games match is the you know the 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 one from nineteen ninety two, the the big one, with the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, um, for us, yeah, from Wrestle one night 2 Sting Squadron versus Dangerous Alliance. For rules, that's
2: the most famous one. I think, you know, for our generation, for younger people, it would have been, you know, Dusty and, the uh, you know, the superpowers versus the Four Horsemen. If you go back yeah, to 87. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the original one. So, but for rules, yeah, Wrestle one night 2 Sting Squadron, Dangerous Alliance, which to me was the greatest war games ever. Partly because it was so, it was so tight. It was trimmed down. You know, it's a huge grudge there. Obviously, a huge grudge in between Dusty's team and Flair's team, of course, back in '87. But it just felt like a really tight, high-powered match. You know, it was, it was there was there was no excess. There was nothing. There was nothing superfluous. There was nothing there that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what made it so good. But I did want to ask you because you know, obviously, they they had a lot of war games matches in the '80s on the kind yes. of Great American Bash tour loops they would do right. um and then you know they, they did a, a 1989 one in the actual great american bash pay-per-view they did one on wrestle war 91 wrestle war 92 and then it yep. kind of became a fall brawl tradition so yes. one of the modern criticisms of war games apart from how long it lasts is that you know it's difficult to kind of get invested when it's just when you know it's coming every november or, or december or whatever how did, I mean, back in the day, was that a similar complaint from people that it was kind of, you know, they would have to come up with some sort of rivalry that would fit it or did they just do a better job of, of making it feel natural? Because to me, that's always one of the problems is that you know that it's coming. And for this year, I know it's coming now. So I don't feel as compelled. And I don't know. I don't know how they're going to create a story in six weeks that's going to feel like, you know, the only way these teams can get it together is in war games. What was it like in the 90s?
2: Well, it was very similar to the invention of Hell in a Cell in 97, where or all, all the, you know, the concept of the cage match, which has obviously been around since I think the 50s, it was firstly called a fence match. But generally what would happen is a feud would escalate, would reach boiling point, And the only way to settle it was in this particular gimmick match. And that was why the gimmick match was required for the feud. It wasn't like, you know, we've talked about this before, it wasn't like, right, we now need to, we now need to, uh, it needs to be, we need to create a feud for this match. You know, it was like, previously the feud would reach a point where the match would be required to settle a feud. Now we're in this vice versa situation. So you're right, Kenny, it is a problem. And obviously WWE has made this mistake for really over a decade with the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, hasn't it? Where I mean, it actually was okay this year with... Uh, Seth versus Cody Rhodes, because I think the feud necessitated a hell in a cell match to conclude this feud. So it actually wasn't a problem this year, but it has been a problem in previous years, hasn't it? Where right we've got hell in a cell pay-per-view, which two people or which four people or well it's usually just two people in it, which two people are gonna wrestle are going to wrestle in this hell in a cell match. We've now got to, you know, artificially create this sort of feud or inflate this feud or inflame these tensions in this feud. So it feels like it needs a hell in a cell match to settle it. So that's the difference. But you are right. So now they've got to create something to fit this match or matches. I believe there's going to be two matches, isn't there? Presumably a women's and a men's, I guess.
1: Yeah, he did confirm that there is going to be a men's and a women's one. I mean, they can do it. But I mean, yeah, it's just like, well, it's, you know, it's like, oh, the feud's reached
2: this point. The only way to settle it is with with war games or with Cell Hell or whatever match is required. That's the way it should work, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it should. And it, will they find a way to do it? I mean, at least in the and the women's side, they've got damage control. We talked about them on Tuesday, yeah. so you know that that's something. Um, So, my doorbell's going in the background. I'm not going to answer it. (laughs) So, but you know, the damage control are a good way to get there. The women's side, the men's side is a bit more challenging. Maybe the bloodline, you know, maybe Roman Reigns, maybe they do draft him in for that show. Maybe that's the case.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I hope
1: so. I mean, I think that would be.
2: I mean, the thing is, because this is the first time these matches have taken place on the main roster, there is going to be a novelty factor there. So, I think it's going to work regardless because it's the first time we've seen this match involving current Raw and SmackDown people. Obviously, some people on the roster have already participated these, in these matches when they were in NXT. But yeah, I like the idea of Bloodline, especially with them bringing Sola O'Kohar up. It feels like that is they will be on one side of the men's team. And that would be a really good way to set up Roman Reigns' next opponent as well, is have the Bloodline lose. Potentially it could be Sami Zayn. Could be Sami Zayn on one side, Kevin Owens on the other, Kenny. Yeah, which aspect.
1: could, you know, speed up the process of that feud of them kind of maybe becoming a team again. So
2: yeah, exactly. So I think the bloodline will be one half of it. They should be. You know um, I can't, you know, I can't think of who else would really fit the bill. Cause I mean, what other are there any other male factions in WWE right now?
1: I mean, there's you know, judgment
2: day, isn't there? But I'm not sure if they really feel big enough for this match.
1: Yeah, and you've got Imperium and the Brawl and Brutes who are kind of six man teams, but they don't yeah. really feel like they. I mean, also the, with with Imperium, especially, you don't want to rush that with them. No, you know, they're there, let them build, let them get a big moment next year. So I think you know the Bloodline. There's kind of a good story there of the Bloodline, and maybe you know because we have seen a lot of guys from Raw on SmackDown or from SmackDown on Raw. So you could have, you know, four big solo guys banding together to try and take down the bloodline. You know, Drew McIntyre, who's got, you know, beef with them after what happened to him. Kevin Owens with, you know, the stuff that's recently gone on with him and Sammy in the bloodline. So you just need two more people and, um, you know, try and get them together. And that's more, to me, that's more of a compelling story of these guys trying to get together to get some revenge on the bloodline than brand warfare. You yeah, know. and
2: it feels big time. I think Roman Reigns and the bloodline need to be involved to really, to really make this feel huge. You know, I mean, we know Reigns is not going to be at Extreme Rules. We know he's going to be at Crown Jewel. And I think he should be at Survivor Series. And I think Triple H or Polovec sees Survivor Series as a big event. It's not a B event. I think he sees it as an A event. And I think that's why he's resurrected or implemented or you know, decided to use these gimmick matches for the first time on this show to really give this show some wallop so i think roman reigns needs to be involved to ensure that it's very memorable because if he's not i think people are just like well it would have been better if the bloodline at full strength had been involved and yeah. i don't think paul Levesque wants people to have that emotion afterwards
1: Um, Now, you did mention Solo Sokoa. A bit of a strange tale with Solo Sokoa that I want to get your thoughts on, Finn. So Solo Sokoa replaced Wes Lee on the one-year anniversary show for NXT on September 13th, and he won the NXT North American title, which seemed like this kind of interesting thing where he was going to be part of the bloodline and have the gold. He even defended the the title on SmackDown. But then this past Tuesday, Shawn Michaels has ordered Solo Sequoia to vacate the title um and because he was not originally scheduled to be in the match, which yeah. kind of begs the question why they put the belt on in the first place. So I was a bit confused by this, especially given that he defended the title on SmackDown and that, you know, it kind of fit in with the bloodlines thing of all the gold and Sammy not having any. What do you make of this, um I mean, is this, a, have, they, have they kind of decided after they put the belt on them, mm, we actually would prefer it just to be on NXT? What do you think happened there that's kind of caused this, uh, you know, one week later uh, cold feet maybe?
2: Um, I mean, I just think they, they want that champ- championship in circulation on NXT. I mean, it was an amusing segment with Shawn Michaels there ordering someone to surrender the belt. They would say, I know, I know how it feels. I've been there. <laughs> you just can't stop laughing, can you? <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> no one mentioned anything about losing the smile, I don't think, in the segment, from what I can remember anyway. Um, I think it was done to protect, protect Carmelo Hayes, who I think he's amazing. It's a shame he's just not a little bit bigger. But there again, we've got Johnny Gargano now over there and Chad Gable's pretty small and they're doing well. So I think Hayes can make it on the main roster. He's so good. He's just got so much. He's got everything. This guy, I think, has just got so much talent. I don't want to use the word potential because I think it's actual. I think he's already there and he's ready to go. I mean, I hate that word. Oh, it's got so much potential. Well, okay. well, this person's been wrestling for eight years and you're saying they've got so much potential. It's like, well, if they were really going to make it, would they have not shown us their talent and you know would it not be actual would it not be in existence now would it not be visible for us to witness and I think Carmelo Hayes it's all there he exudes everything so I think it was done to protect Carmelo there's going to be a ladder match at the Halloween Havoc special Hayes will be involved in that and the belt will go to the winner so I think it was done to protect Hayes I can't imagine that Hayes is going to win it again because he's held that belt for so long um, I think, actually, was he a two-time champ? I think he was a two-time North American champion.
1: Yes, he was, yeah.
2: Yes. So I think if he either needs to progress to Brom Breaker and potentially becoming the top guy, or he needs to be called up to the main roster, one or the other. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just done really to protect Hayes and also for a little bit of crossover with the main roster and a nice way to introduce Solo Socorro as well and make him seem like a big deal. Um, But just more of that joined up booking that we've talked about where you're using SmackDown, which has got, you know, just usually over 2 million viewers a week to promote NXT, which has usually got like between 600 and 700,000 a week. So I think it served a few purposes. Um, But uh, yeah, I can understand why people think, oh, it's a bit weird. Uh, I don't think it was a knee jerk reaction. I think it was all planned. And it does sort of make sense to me. I don't know whether it does to anyone else, but I can understand why they did it.
1: Yeah, and I, I I understand that that idea, but yeah, it was just strange to me that you would put the belt, you would choose to put the belt on him, and then a week later take it off him. It just, yeah. but I mean, it may, yeah. maybe it is to put that belt on, smack it for a week, but then I don't know. Like in in, in theory, if you are going to crossover, I would probably keep it on him for a while, and yeah. then and then maybe you know, because you could then what you could do is you could do the five man ladder match at Halloween Havoc with. Uh, Sakoa in it and yes. you can have Drew turn up and take Sequo out and then have yeah. somebody win the ladder match and then you've got even more crossovers like they could have done more with the concept of the crossover the yeah show. I
2: agree Kenny I like that idea I think that would that would have been better than what they've done um and that would have been very interesting And it would have again it would like Drew's on NXT so there's another reason to watch NXT for the people who can't be bothered or can't find time in their weekly schedules to watch it like you never know who might drop in so yeah i like that idea you suggested there. i think that's something you should have done and maybe kenny no well obviously they can't undo what (laughs) they've done now it's too late too late
1: the ship is sailed so
2: michael should have got on the the dog and bone and said kenny we've got this (laughs) problem how do we solve it and you could have just communicated that to sean and you yeah, know, Bob's your uncle. You yeah.
1: know, Fanny's your aunt. Look, Sean, my, my phone's always available. Sean's got my number, so you know, not that, not, that, not that we ever speak, but you know, he has it from four years ago. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, the big episode of Grand Slam, the big dynamite uh, episode. They did crack over the one million mark for the fifth week in a row, which is 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 good. I think the the numbers probably a little bit of a disappointment for them, given that the last two week numbers were bigger. Yeah, um, but let's get into the big stories from the show. So they opened the show with Claudio Castagnola against Chris Jericho for the Roh title. Uh, Carrie Selcom's at rings. So it's actually a pretty good match. Um, Jericho ended up winning the ROH championship, and this has caused um two two very extreme reactions, Finn. Some people who
2: <laughs> Chris Jericho has that effect on people, doesn't it? He?
1: he does, he does. Yeah. Some people are saying you know, look, Jericho being the ROH champions getting get more eyes on Ring of Honour. You know, maybe more people will buy the next pay-per-view. Maybe it'll help them get a TV deal. Maybe they have a TV deal that we don't know about. And oh, my God, be- please. Don't, they don't need a TV deal. They're already stretched to the max, as it is
2: AEW. Unless Tony Khan's bringing in another team to run it for him. The idea of him running a weekly or bi-weekly or even monthly version of Ring of Honour it's just more work that you doesn't need, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But I mean, you you also don't really. I mean, well, I'm you, I'm saying you, me, I do not really want to see Ring of Honor continuously on AEW TV for the next foreseeable future. No, you know, put it somewhere else. But I do. So, so one half of the the, the kind of bracket people seem to be, uh, you know, understand that's what they're trying to do put the, the, the title on a big name like Jericho, then the other half are very upset that the title's gone on to Chris Jericho because they feel it doesn't... Oh, it,
2: hold it, on, it, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me that Claudio is not a big name?
1: Well, he's not a mainstream name.
2: I mean, Chris Jericho's like a year younger than me.
1: <laughs> but, Chris you know I mean? Jer- but Chris Jericho is a, is a mainstream name. He was a star in the Attitude Era. I mean, Chris Jericho is... is one hundred percent a much bigger star than Claudio.
2: Well, that's true. Yes, I agree with that. I'm
1: also not. I'm also not saying, by the way, that this is that I would have done this. So don't, don't shoot the messenger here. I'm just laying <laughs> up the, the scenarios for I talk to you about. So some people think, right? Okay, fine. I get it. Title on Jericho to put some more eyes in ROH for pay per views, TV, whatever. And then the other half are saying, well. I don't really get it. This is just Jericho winning again. Doesn't do much for Claudio. I'm going to guess that you may be falling for the latter bracket, Finn. Give me your thoughts.
2: Well, I mean, Claudio came in and there was all this optimism and then he won this Ring of Honour title in this really short match against Gresham and no one was happy with it and he's done very little since. I mean, I thought that match he had with Dustin Rhodes on Rampage, I mean, it really should have been better than it was. And he barely promoted it, like they should have been big.
1: Did you watch that match, Kenny? I did, and I was hoping for more from it, to be honest. but they didn't really promote it as a big deal either. and that no, should- that should have been that I mean we've said we've said this before that you could get a really good run of a build with Dustin Rhodes going for a, a big title, you know, and seeing if he if he's able to win it. and it just kind yeah. sort of felt like oh, it's on a Friday.
2: It just felt like a flat match. It was about over halfway through the episode before they even mentioned the main event. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the main event of this broadcast. And Claudio, really ever since Blood and Goats, where he really shone. And then they had that weird finish, didn't they, where Eddie Kingston was upset that Claudio had scored the win. And Mm -hmm. I don't think they really progressed that, did they?
1: No, that and that you know, even Brian Danielson, who uh, I spoke to for the latest uh, issue of the mag, he when one of the things he mentioned was, I really hope that we are able we able to tell the story on TV of Claudio joining the the Blackpool Combat Club, his history with you know members of the club, which we've not really got. Now, is that what they're going to do next? I hope I, so, but no, I'm not. That was,
2: that was months ago. Who cares now?
1: I know, I know.
2: I mean, they've missed the boat. You know, it's just like. So, I mean, you know, Claudio is a big deal. And then because he became a Ring of Honor champ, it meant that we barely saw him, except for on Rampage. And, you know, I watch it, but a lot of people don't bother. I mean, a lot of AEW fans can't be bothered with it. And I understand that.
1: Actually, well, be, they, they never make it cat mess.
2: Well, they don't. And I just think it's a real missed opportunity, Rampage. It could be so much better than it is. She don't mind the show. It passes by really quickly. You know, and it's quite fast moving now. I mean, there's more on it than than there used to be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's better than it was, but it just doesn't dazzle. You know, there's nothing on there that you think, wow, you know, that was amazing, or very rarely anyway. So, I mean, putting the belt on Jericho, I mean, is this to further the Daniel Garcia storyline, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the elements of it. I think we're going to get Garcia and Jericho for sure.
2: But like Cause... Garcia, he's still pure champion, isn't he?
1: Yes, he's the pure champ. Jericho is the the, the the Ring of Honor champ. I mean, the thing is, people can slate Jericho, and I do understand this, but what I will say is the, the impetus here for what happens now is on Tony Khan. That is who it's on. Oh. He has got to follow up with Cesaro. Oh, Claudio, I've done so well not saying that name. Claudio, he's got to follow up with Claudio and do something with him because Claudio... I think one of the de- one of the reasons that people are, are some people are so negative on this finish and Jericho winning is because they don't want Claudio to become another Miro, another Malachi Black, you know, another yeah. one of the former stars who just doesn't really go anywhere. And I another think that's Samojo. the big fear. It's another Samoa Joe, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Samoa Joe. To be fair, the, the shape of the Samoa and I'm I'm way more forgiving to Samoa Joe than you are, but Samoa Joe looks awful now, and I I don't blame them for not pushing him anymore. Like the guy's not in no. shape. The guy just looks like he's not. He's not at the top of his game. But Claudio looks like he's at the top of his game, sure. and the crowd are behind him. So he should get, you know, more stuff. And I hope that this, uh, yeah, I, I just hope they do more with him because I think he's got more to give. But yeah, I mean, the problem fun, fundamental problem is they've got so many
2: titles. You know, they don't. They're not running Ring of Honor on a regular basis. I think they've only actually done is it two shows under the AEW banner.
1: Technically, it- yeah, because they did the SuperCard of Honor in Dallas, which really was still the old regime, but Tony Khan owned it. And then because there was still per- performers like you know you Joe Hendry and people who were who were in the old Ring of Honor, um, but the first proper proper Tony Khan one was the July pay per view.
2: Yes. So-, so I mean, the Ring of Honor titles are sort of a bit of a nuisance, really, aren't they? They're just diluting the importance of all the other championships. That should be important, and um,
1: I mean, it's, it's kind of like the idea of like if, if I mean, it's different, but it's in some ways like if all the NXT titles suddenly were all on Raw and SmackDown.
2: Yeah, and maybe that's an, and maybe that's another reason why the North American title was sent back to NXT. You thought, well, we you know, if we got that here as well, then it's just going to confuse things. It's too many championships, yeah, and yeah. you know, so I mean, I don't. It's hard to know, really. I mean. I mean, Jericho's Ring of Honor champion, it's something different. Claudio really wasn't doing anything with it, you know, because he wasn't really being given anything to do with it. I'm not blaming him. Um, so, I mean, maybe this will, well, it will increase the prominence of it because Jericho's going to wear the belt. And maybe it'll lead to a rematch. Maybe Jericho finally puts someone over. Although after that all-out match with Brian Daniels said, um. I'm not convinced.
1: <laughs> but, well, let's, let's move on because we've got loads of stuff on Dynamite yeah. to cu- tr- quickly get through. Uh, the Acclaim did win the AEW tag team titles uh, from Swerve and Keith Lee. Um, it couldn't really hold a candle to the pay-per-view match, unfortunately, but that did oh. not matter because the crowd in the building loved it. And um, it was great to see them get a win. And it was great to see, uh, you know, we, were, we, we recorded Unforgiven yesterday with Sandra. And you know we talked about the kind of gay baiting of the Billy and Chuck wedding, and you've got Anthony Bones who's an openly gay guy, who has who you know is very active, uh, and you know out, and uh, he's now one half the AEW tag team champions. It's not part of a gimmick. It's just he's there based on his talent, and that that it was nice to see that, especially this week, given what we what we saw in the retro timeline. So I was happy for the acclaimed.
2: Yeah, we figured that they were going to win, and um, you know, Tony Khan obviously made the right decision there, uh, giving the acclaim the belts. In a sense, shame that it didn't happen all out. I mean, to me, that was the best match on the all out show, was the acclaimed versus Swerve and uh, Keith Lee by a mile, actually, and was really good. And um, you know, it was one of those moments, wasn't it? Almost like you know, the Street Profits versus Jimmy and Jay at the pre-SummerSlam premium live event they had that hell of a match didn't they
1: yes what was, was... the name of that show I um... mean,
2: you look back you think oh why didn't they make sh- make them champs there money in the bank money in the bank i mean that was such a good match and that was that was the night to do it um so yeah i mean would have been better of course if they claimed had won it won the belts at the event but they won the belts now that's the main thing i think it's this is real huge stride forward for them and um yeah, homegrown team. And it's really nice to see AEW get it right with a homegrown act. And um, I think they're the to have done well. I mean, they sort of need to tone down. I know one of the things that's made them popular is the pre-match raps and the comedy and things of that nature. But I think they sort of need to tone that down a bit now, the champs. I know that's always a tricky one because that's what made them stars in the first place. But I think if they want to be taken seriously as champs, they've got to sort of try and become a little bit more serious as an act. I think that's important right now. Who do you think they will defend the belts against first? Do you think it's going to be the gun club?
1: Uh, well, I I yeah, I, I mean I think I think the gun club are gonna be in their future for sure. I think that what it's gonna to lead to though, and I'm quite excited about it, is I think the big match is gonna be FTR okay. and reclaimed because you know, obviously FTR have got all the other belts. They claim they've got the AEW belts. Um and that's a big I think that'll be a big match. So um you know that maybe that's a full gear match that we're gonna get. But yeah. um, um and I and I and I, and I even think there's 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 something in doing a rematch of the of Swerve and Keith Lee. And maybe that's where Swerve and Keith Lee split because you know we saw the kind of tension between them. Um but yeah, good, good stuff and like you say, homegrown talent um and a really few good moments so uh yeah, glad yeah to definitely i mean
2: really nice to see a e w you know get this get this right with with some of their guys you know not just relying on that cheap pop and by you know from from an out from w w e stars or stars guys that became stars or in other promotions and then coming to a e w these are two guys who've max castor anthony bowens who become stars in that system which is is really good to see
1: yeah, Excalibur even said in commentary, they were there for the long nights in Jacksonville. And they were, you know, they claim front row, providing some noise when people weren't allowed in the building. So they've they've grafted to get to this. So good for them. Yeah, um, but, the,
2: but I mean, the point is, of course, when it's just because you're a homegrown act, if you don't really deserve it, you don't really become, you're not really the stars worthy of that championship, then just because you're homegrown, you shouldn't automatically become champs no they're champs because they've got over this year they've done so well for themselves they've connected i think they've improved so much as wrestlers as well because mm-hmm. they were really kind of spotty in the ring and they'd occasionally have a good match and then you would see them again and they were kind of mediocre so i think they've really improved a lot i know this match wasn't as good as the all-out match but they have improved a lot as wrestlers so you know congrats to them for putting in the work and here is their reward
1: um, we did have MGF come to do a promo with Wheeler Utah. The crowd would not boo MGF whatsoever. They loved him and what they what he had to do to get booed was shove Tony Schiavone down to get the crowd to boo him. <laughs> Schiavone took a horrible bump, but it was very funny to see Big Tony. I mean t- Tony Tony's carrying a little bit of COVID weight still, I think. But uh well, I mean, we all, we all, well, we don't we all have you. Finn bang, bangs on about how lean he is, and I'm just sitting here shoving cakes in my mouth. But anyway, <laughs> um, so MGF managed to get the crowd to turn on him eventually, the Shivani thing. So, um, we also had a uh, pack that retained his uh, all Atlantic title against Orange Castate, but Finn, yeah, kind of a out.
2: lame finish there between those two, wasn't it? With the hammer, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of really flat actually, that finish, and the audience were were really into the match until Pat cheated to win, it's, and it just felt like a bit of a 1980s finish, didn't they? Or a 1990s finish?
1: Yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean, they were they were kind of harpered by the fact that there wasn't really any story to their their match, and you know, the crowd had already seen some kind of some some big stuff. So, yes. uh, but, you know, they yeah. they did well. And um, then we got the four way women's match for the interim title: Tony Storm, Athena, Britt Baker, and Serena Deeb. There's that. Awful spot that Athena did with the double, the double thingy. Oh, three. Who my God.
2: Blood everywhere. I mean, like, we hear Ruby Soho's off the, she's needing no. no surgery after that ridiculous finish to that match at All Out, you know, on the. Tie. Uh,
1: mm. Oh,
2: dear. I mean, Sammy Guevara just tossed her to, right, like, recklessly threw her to the mat, didn't he?
1: Mm-hmm. She almost, I'm
2: not saying She almost broke her neck. I think she was all right. She got her arm down, but it was really bad spot. And then at the end, Ty hit that, you know, go to sleep. And it was just like, oh, God. I mean, the poor woman's needing surgery on her nose. And now, Britt, yeah, what a state her nose was here. All blood everywhere.
1: Yeah, not good. But in the end, Tony Storm did retain the title, dear God. Um, but after the match, the big story was Britt Baker and, uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hater attacked Storm. Um, Deebs working over Athena. The, the heels are all sort of standing tall. Baker's about to do the uh, the finisher. She's got the glove on, and then this unknown music hits, and out walks Saraya to a massive reaction from the crowd. She looked tremendous. Um, she comes out. Um, the, the heels are in shock. She uh, during the break, I think, or well, it was on the fight version, but she said, "This is my house." Kind of off off mic. Um, She's here. It certainly feels like from this segment that she is going to wrestle. That is the impression I got. I don't know if, what, what you thought, Finn, but she's here. I mean, we have saw in the past that, you know, Sting hadn't been medically cleared by WWE, but he did get medically cleared in AEW. I don't know if that's the same situation with Soraya. Um, she's obviously rested her neck for six years now, I think it is. Yeah, or, December twenty-seventh,
2: twenty seventeen was her last match. So actually coming up five
1: years. Five years. Okay, so five five years almost she's she's rested it. And um, you know, it's, it's probably a good move for her if she if she wants to get back in the ring. But what did you make of her uh, debut here and thoughts on if she's uh, stepping back in the square circle?
2: Well, she said that she's going
1: to after she was a
2: contract did WWE decided not to extend a contract. And she was very grateful to the company for keeping under a contract for as long as they did. There was no hard feelings there, but she has said um, that she does intend to wrestle again. So, I mean, we don't know, but I imagine she's going to. Um, It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, WWE wouldn't allow her to wrestle because of the neck injury. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, she must have been watching that match and after that really bad spot where Britt's nose was all busted and it was a really clunky match, wasn't it? It really was. And, and Athena, is... she's still over. Why isn't she champion? I mean, well, they, should it, it, have but... ma- they should have made a champion straight away, Kenny. I mean, she's still got some support there. She's a real talent. You know, I just can't believe that, you know, she's done all these jobs. Well, actually, I can't believe it's AEW. But I mean, it's just like, Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure Soraya, when she was watching backstage, when that spot happened, she's like, oh dear, hope no one's going to do that to me. And that's got to be a concern for her, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I really, I was thinking, I really hope that, and I don't know what she's doing these days, but I really hope that, um, you know, the former uh, Sarah Del Rey, Sarah Amato, or Sarah Amato, whatever her name was, who used to be the head trainer in NXT years ago uh, for the women's division, I, I, I think it's worth trying to hire her you know, and see if she would, you know, come in and work with women, because, you know, especially people like Ty Conte and people who are, you know, maybe just need some help and aren't ready. Um, I think Sarah Del Rey could be a great... um, I mean, because she's not still with WB, is she? I mean...
2: Was she released? Do you want to just look it up while we're speaking, Kenny?
1: It doesn't say here on Wikipedia, which you know is the source of all knowledge, doesn't say that she has been released. But I mean, I've not heard about anything from her in years.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought she was still there. But I mean, maybe she she hired Madison Rain in this role, didn't they? That was what she was hired for. And they brought her in, she gave her one win. And then she lost to, I think it was Jade Cargill in a second match. And she already means nothing. I mean, what a blown opportunity, another one. For this women's division, I mean, Madison Rain looks great. She's got all this experience. She knows how to put a match together. If you watch her matches, they're more basic than what. Because the problem a lot of these female performers in AEW probably have is that they try to make the matches too complicated, and you just need to strip them down and just simplify them and do fewer high spots, fewer big moves. But the problem is they're all they all just want that cheap pop. And it's the whole mentality in AEW where you've just got to do all this movement and all these massive moves. And I just think if they were to do fewer moves, the matches would actually be more enjoyable. They would tell a better story and there would be fewer injuries, but certainly Ty Mello, she needs to just, you know, that go to sleep. I mean, I know it's a bit of a dodgy move and obviously CM Punk, I think famous, I think he busted Rey Mysterio's nose with it one time on an event. But I mean it's obviously a dangerous move. I mean, any lots of moves in Pro Wrestling are dangerous if you do them incorrectly. But mm-hmm. I mean that after the Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho incident, it's like, give this woman another finisher. And um, yeah, I mean, they just need someone in there, you're right, to just go through these matches and simplify them so that everyone looks better. And the problem is when they try to do these overcomplicated moves, they just end up looking really clunky. So the end result is that you just the matches don't have that finesse that you're seeking. I mean, they've all been doing this for a long time now, haven't they, Kenny? They're not new to this.
1: Yeah, These most matches should
2: be improving.
1: Yeah, but I think I think they do need an agent, a, a, an agent who works for them. You know, whether, you know, Finley used to be the agent for the women or uh, Sarah Amato, they need an agent who's going to be there because Tony Khan's not going to be taking that role. He's got enough no, to deal no. with. So, well, all, I mean, they've already got loads of agents, they've already got
2: loads of experienced people
1: working backstage. Well, it's not working well, you're right, it's not working. Then so you need to have somebody in there who is dedicated to the women's division, dedicated to uh, making these uh, making this seem better. And the thing with Soraya is I don't for a second think that the AEW would hire her as a wrestler if she wasn't cleared, but uh, I do think that there needs to be, uh, you know, they need to be careful, and I'm sure they will, because the last thing they would want is for them to happen to her. So I think that they'll be very careful with her, and um, I'm sure whatever match she has will be very carefully planned out. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if you'll see a bit of a tie mellow anytime soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope
2: so. I really hope so. But I mean, you know, she's had a long time to think about this, and I think she's going to wrestle regardless of whether it's in AEW. She's going to wrestle somewhere. So I mean, you know, yeah. she's I, don't, been- I
1: don't, I don't, I don't think they're bringing her in going well. Oh, she'll wrestle somewhere. Let her, let her wrestle here. She has to be able to do it. And I think yes. that that's that's something they will have done But very quickly, Finn before we go, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, the tournament final of the AEW World Championship, Now, I don't want to toot my own horn here. I don't want to say that that I was right. It's just it's a you know. Yeah,
2: but you were, weren't you, Kenny?
1: But I, I, but I was right. Um, no, but you know the thing is they they hadn't told any story on TV with Brian Danielson and MJF at all. It was basically you know Moxley MJF. That was the the story. I think they, I think they should have given Danielson some mic time. To sort of put across his side of it. Um, but they have this main event, it goes about 19 minutes, uh, and John Moxley wins the AEW World title. I thought the match was, was pretty good. I thought the ending, the, the last few minutes, were really exciting for the crowd in the arena. Um, and Moxley wins. MGF is in his luxury box. Um, and and what He's holding his giant chip. Is he going <laughs> to cash in or not? He's holding his giant chip um, and Mox is your new champ. What did you make of the match and the finish?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it really did heat up and there were some, some good sequences towards the end there. I mean, I mean, it's another loss for Danielson. I mean, at the end, he was really angry, wasn't he? And he was arguing mm-hmm. with Regal and appeared to be really furious with... John Moxley, and it's like, well, Danielson's already played heel, hasn't he, in this company, Kenny? And then he turned face again, and is he going heel again now? What's this, Ric Flair in 2002? (laughs) Well, I mean, just another loss for Danielson, and he's just, you know, he he was the guy who passed out from pain in um, the anarchy in the arena match, didn't he? And then he You know, then he lost to Jericho all out. And then he's lost here to Moxley on a, you know, ref stoppage on the choke. And I just, I'm really disappointed for Danielson. To me, he should have won. He needed this win. He desperately needed this win, Kenny. And unless, you know, we talked about this, I think it was last week. Unless MGF is cashing in next week and he, maybe he will, I don't know. But unless MGF is cashing in within the next week or two and becoming champion, then this doesn't make any sense to me at all. And it feels like it's going to be a Danielson heel turn and he's going to split from the Blackpool Combat Club. I don't really care about that faction. I don't think it's much of a faction. So, you know, I just feel like, yeah, I just think it was the wrong move, Kenny. I think Danielson really needed the win here.
1: Um, I for me, I have to kind of see it play out before I dis- decide. I think, I think Moxley is a short-term champ, and I'mgs like, going to beat him at full gear. I think that's what we're getting. Uh, but I, I hope with Danielson, we get something interesting coming out of it with him. Whether it's a uh, him, you know, having dissension with with members of the Blackpool Combat Club, or whether it's him, maybe him and Claudio, uh, become a team for a little while. Maybe that's something that they go into. Um. But I mean, there's so many people. I just don't know what they what they're going to do. You know, maybe yeah. that, maybe Danielson's taking some time off. Maybe that's something that he's agreed. That he, maybe. maybe maybe he's already had already agreed previously that he was going to take some time off. You know, take a month off before the CM Punk thing all out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get why they did Moxley, uh, but I think I think you could have gone both ways, like we talked about before. I think yeah. you, you it just feels
2: but, like Moxley's already been champ. We've already seen him do this, play this role. But I
1: guess and you that, are just feeding him to MGF. If that's all yeah. that's going to happen, then maybe I mean, that's mean, if, if
2: that happens, as I say, within the next four... I mean, Full Gear, when's that? First weekend in November, is it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: So, I mean, that is, you know, that's what's that? Six, seven weeks off? Six weeks off? Seven six weeks, weeks off? yeah. So I mean, that's another six or seven weeks of Moxie as champ. We've already seen him as champ many times in many matches. I'm not really sure who else you can wrestle. We've all—I mean, he's kind of been there, seen it, and done it. I mean, maybe they can do another Moxley Jericho match (laughs) after that last one. So I mean, (laughs) but Danielson to me, it's just like this guy's a huge star, but or was, and now he's—he's a guy who's just. Taking so many, so many l's. It's just so many losses, and I just feel like they've, they've kind of crushed his aura, Kenny. I just feel like they've kind. Of, I'm not saying they ruined him because he's obviously not ruined. He's still over, and he's so talented that he'll always be over. But I, I think if Danielson had been champ right now, I think our mood would, my mood would have been different. I think yours would have been as well. I think we would have been jubilant.
1: I mean, I still, th- I still think the Danielson title win has to happen. That's well, the, that's, so. that's got to be on the horizon. Oh, so listen- after, all
2: the, after all these jo- after all these losses he's taken in this company, I mean his self sacrifice and selfless selflessness, he has done a lot for AEW. He's given so much to this company. So I hope he's going to have that title reign at some point.
1: Uh, well listen that is all the time we've got for today we will uh, be back next week to cover more in the crazy world of wrestling um, with WWE, AEW and everything else um, but, but we want to thank you for your support please go support the magazine InsideTheRopesMagazine.com uh, also uh, our Patreon is the best way you can get more content from us it's what helps us be able to do all these free podcasts as well so Patreon.com forward slash InsideTheRopes so Finn hope you have a nice weekend and you as well, Kenny, and you as well, and, yes. I'm just um,
2: heading to Manchester shortly, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I'll be doing the, the Q&A is up there, isn't it, Kenny, on yep. Patreon at the moment? Q&A, and I'll be Q&A's doing, up. And I'll be doing the next instalment. What else is going down next week? So that'll be up midweek next week.
1: There you go, so you can check all that out. So I just want to thank you for all your support, as always, and we'll talk to you soon. If I
2: tonight,
0: if